Schaefer, Schaefer, can you hear me? Or a refreshing delight supreme Come to Mr. Softy S-O-F-T-E-E Mr. Softy There was a time, one moment, back in the 1980s, when I remember it was probably eight-year-old Schaefer standing around in a field in northeast Texas, or central north Texas. It's called where Roe Valley, wherever Roe Valley is. That was where the Texas Archaeological Society had their summer field school. And I remember standing in this field all by myself, like I had wandered off from where the campsites were. And across, I was across from this kind of cliff that was covered in some kind of bramble. And there must have been 10,000 fireflies flashing on that cliff in the evening time. And tonight, on Matthew's back, in Matthew's backyard, there, I feel like there were almost that many. I feel like in my adult life, I've never seen as many fireflies as I remember back when I was a kid. But tonight, there were a whole lot of them, and they're just winking off to sleep. For night is falling over the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas, and I am sitting on Matthew's back patio, getting ready for episode 138 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular very celebrating a very special night here uh it is the pride of tarzana california's birthday cinco de matthew as some call it and uh and so let's just get right to it let's welcome he's got mandibles like the predator he is a friend of the shoeless piper he is the coach assistant coach of the cardinals and uh, batting consultant for the Red Hots via <laughs> Isabel. He's Matthew Rampy, and it's his birthday. I need you tonight, cause I'm just casting the something about you, Shafe, that makes me talk. Oh, yeah, I have that effect on people. How are you gonna hear it? Download it. What you gonna say? No. Gonna say it all. What you gonna do? Gonna record my cast. How you gonna feel? I'm casting. Nice. <laughs> Michael Hutchinson. Or Hutch Michael Hutchins. Yeah. Uh, came back from his. Uh, that was a huge track. Yeah. That was a big, big tune. That album was that was, was X. A big, in, in, that was in excess. In excess X. Is that what it's in yeah. yeah. Is that right? Okay. Remember, they, it was I thought in it excess. was just self-titled. No, it was in excess of black, and the X was in red. I think uh... this is weird. There's in excess dot com. One of the greatest bands of all time. <laughs> they are not afraid right to admit No, it. In Excess Kick. 
Kick was the oh, album. Oh, Kick, huh? Yeah. Oh, X was the next record then. Okay. X was the one with the uh, first record. I was standing. You were there. Right. Two worlds collide. Right. Well. Yes, Kick. I, I feel like this podcast is in excess. Is in excess of 138 episodes. That's a episode 138. That is astounding to me. How far away are we from August of the pandemic? So we're a year and a half. We've been doing this now. Um. Yeah. Well. No. I mean, well over a year and a half. We're we're a year and three quarters. Year and three. Oh, it was August. I mean, it was. Oh, right. We're getting close to August. The end of August. For some reason, I thought it was January. Four four months to go. (laughs) Yeah, we're just shy of two years. You're right. We we are 1.75 years old. Cool. Yeah. Happy 1.75. And you are... That's as significant as one's 46th birthday. 46? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's me, too. So, you know, now you're closer to 60 than you are to 30. Is that what they say? <laughs> that's uh, one that I realized the other day. Yeah, I was like, right. That's weird. <laughs> that seems problematic to me. <laughs> no, I was thinking about how close I am to 60 just the other day. But, you know, even if you don't have longevity in your family, you're 46 now, you can reasonably say what? I feel like you can you can depend on living to seventy six. You know, if you're good to yourself, probably eighty six. Yeah, and I, yeah, I can. I think I can do thirty more years. Which that is an entire. So you have, and now you have the knowledge that you have. You're an adult. You know what you like and what you yeah. don't like. Yeah, you have thirty years to really enjoy now, which is an entire lifetime. It's a generation. Okay. You know. Yeah. So. When you think of how many years, like, basically, until you're 30, you're just screwing around because you don't even know what you want. Oh, boy. You know? Boy, tell me about <laughs> it. Like, I wasted a lot of time. And then, you know, there's, like, there's, for me, I, like, the decade of my 30s was, that was golden, you know? That was, a, that was almost all in New York City. I was publishing yeah. right and left uh-huh. and uh, doing all the other fun stuff young men do yeah Um, yeah the good old days they call it yeah the golden which isn't to say that my 40s haven't been fun they have they've just been very different yeah you had kids i had my version of kids which is bars (laughs) uh, man i should have had bars i i didn't know that was an option you know well but it has the same effect it stresses you out you don't get enough sleep yeah you you don't you don't do the things you wish you were doing and yeah like very like there's I was thinking about that today because this morning is my is the shift when I just get to bartend by myself uh-huh. and it's awesome yeah uh-huh. and you know does it remind you of your time at the Four Face Liar yeah yeah and it, and it's one you know once one shift a week I get to like do what I love about bartending you know and granted the other like the other shifts like I work you know the trivia shift with Chuck love that I love working with Chuck I love working with Jeff. Um, Porter and I never worked together, which is a little disappointing because. Uh, yeah, you brought you know, your buddy that's Porter how, down here to open a bar together. That's how we started. And now you never see him. But it just doesn't make sense, you know? Like, right. That's like we we exist so that the other person doesn't have to, yeah. you know, constantly be thinking about the place. 
Yeah, he's like your blue He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonder how blue He-Man's doing. I don't know. Um, your Bizarro assistant manager. Yeah. General manager and proprietor. Uh, I was buying some wine at uh, Whole Foods. We're finishing up our terrace project, and we wanted to get a little gift for the front desk staff. Buying a little vino, which is unusual for me. I don't usually drink wine. Yeah. Self-checkout, you know, they're not going to let you. They're not going to let any young jabroni just buy vino. They got to check you out. Yeah. So I I ring one up. I knew this was coming. I'm waiting for the the assistant there. And this is, lad comes over. And I, I had gotten out my ID yeah. just as a little bit of theater, yeah. you know. And I don't know. I flash him my ID and he looks at it and he goes, you're cool, man. You're older than my dad. <laughs> I go, oh, Okay. I put my ID back in my. If you were in my family, wallet. we'd call you Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then I I said to the lad, "How old are you?" And he goes, "Well, I'm 22." And I go, "Well, well how old's your dad?" <laughs> you know. And he goes, "Well, he's 42." Yeah. 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 So I, in the future, I'm not gonna pull out my I'm not gonna pull out my ID anymore. I'm going to stop that. And that, that's from when I was a server and it was like, you check everybody's ID, but I have a silver face. Yeah. I'm a silver face gorilla over here. Yeah. Nobody's wondering about, I don't look underage by any means. So. I've got tons of white hair in my beard, but it blends in with the blonde hair nicely. And then there's red hair too. You know, Lil Shafey was looking at my face one day while he was sitting on my lap. And he pointed out that my beard hair is like the shredded Mexican cheese that you get in the bag of H-E-B. Oh, oh yeah. It's the same color. It's yeah. like white, yellow, and orange. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> He's insightful. Yeah. That but little shape. It's funny what those like kids come up with while they're being hyper-observant. Yeah. Got to remember that they're storing and recording away everything you say Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other day, out of the blue, Shafey called Kathleen a P-U-S-S-Y. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. Know, like, uh, oh, man. And I'm like sitting over at the dinner. It's just like, this is always what happens to me. I'm like not involved in the conversation. And I'm like over there like snorting, like, you know, making myself Chortling. choke. Trying not to laugh. Yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> banging my head against the table. Just like. <laughs> repressing unhealthily repressing laughter and uh and kathleen was like what and he was like no no don't worry it's just another word for a woman and she was like no it's not don't use that word anymore wow i was like unless you're talking about a cat wow <laughs> don't worry it's just you don't understand. It's just another word for a woman. Oh, wow. Like, which, which makes him seem like a huge monog uh, misogynist. <laughs> it's just... I always said monogamous. Like, uh, but you just wonder, like, what was the schoolyard conversation that, you know, filtered through, it filtered through his head as, oh, this is another word for a woman. Well, I would imagine that another, you know, 
colleague of his yeah. said that to him. Yeah, the those word exact came, words. Yeah, I think the word came up, and another kid was probably like, "Yeah, that's like a a woman." Yeah, I, I, I'm, or like I, I could also picture him like overhearing like two older kids talking about like, "Oh, what's what's that mean? Oh, that's you know the women's you know reproductive organ, you know whatever." I don't you know. No, then, I, no, I, I think, don't think it was. You think that some kid just told him straight fleshed up? out? Yeah. I, I, there's probably a massive misunderstanding amongst his whole class about it. But I look, I don't know. Just an echo chamber of yeah. bizarre interpretations. Yeah, just like uh, <laughs> social media. <laughs> just like social media is now. And is it okay that I just want to laugh? <laughs> um, I think, you know, that's your prerogative. As, I mean, I try not to laugh in uncle. front of him. Like, I don't want to re- reinforce his behavior, yeah. but... Well, and on I that, also think it's hilarious when little kids curse. <laughs> on that occasion, he was, that was just a misunderstanding, right? It wasn't like he was yeah, being yeah. aggressive. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, obviously. Or or, or trying to, like, yeah, if, like nag his mom yeah. in some way. If, if she was, like, taking Advil or something and he said, Mom, don't be a pussy. Yeah. That would be yeah. like, hey, that's not, that is not how we talk. Right. I thought that's, at first, that's what I thought you were no. talking about. Like, no. She had hurt herself. And was, no, I think it was something like, it was something like, oh, I'm going to put, put these forks away, pussy. <laughs> oh, just offhanded. Yeah. It's just so, and so out of the blue, yeah. just astounding. And that makes it funnier, too, you know, when it's, Absolutely. When it's completely out of left field. Anyway, sorry about, sorry, sorry that I was doing a cuss. That's okay. We got the E <laughs> for these. Yes, for these occasions. E for explicit. I love it when we earn our E. I've I've been a little more loose lipped in the last few episodes. I've noticed, and the last few, the last twenty or so, You've I was very, explicit. I was very careful for a long time, and at least one episode, I. <clears throat> or at least once an episode, I hit the E button. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you want to you want to give it a little edge, but you also don't want it like to be like so obscene that people. I mean, I'm over here telling my kids. I'm over here telling my kids that there are these words that are taboo, and I think I think I say to them something to the effect of it's it's a lazy way to express yourself to mm-hmm. just rely on these these taboo words, but but then I've heard these other things about like you know intelligent people cuss yeah. a lot. Well, it depends on how you use it. You can hear it when, what, when what somebody. What if when I what about when you put it right in a word when I say unbe fucking leaveable? Yeah. That's a good use. Oh, I mean, okay, good. That's good. turning the word unbelievable into something even more unbelievable. Yeah. You can hear it when somebody's just not very well spoken and is just throwing, well, throwing cusses in there for no reason. Right. And I think... And then, you're like, you're and then there's like Al Swearingen on Deadpool, who is like, for him, you know, fuck bombs are poetry. Right. You know, he's like the Shakespeare of the F word. Yeah. Well, I think it's more potent when it's more occasional. 
Yeah. Although I can't say over the course of my life, it's really been occasional. I, now, I really, I really do swear too often. I'm really interested. Derek Mix, who's one of the most well-spoken people I know, was raised in his house. In the house, you can say whatever you want. You know, you can express yourself however you want. And then you understand that when you're out in the world, there are different rules that apply. You know? And, uh, and I think it really, like, kind of demystified things for him. It also, like, allowed him to have a lot of practice with it so that when he's out there in public, he knows, like, when it, you know, when it is useful and when it's not. Um, and, you know, I was hanging out with him and his wife and their, their kids who are junior high and high school, I think, or just starting. They're like 12 and 8, I would say. And they've got the same thing applying to them. And which is awesome because, like, you know, we were up at the Slake House on Lake Travis. And, you know, when you're in that house and it's just them, like, you can just talk however you want to talk. You can talk like an adult, you know, and uh, and, and nobody bats an eye, you know. So I'd be interested to see, you know, how they turn out versus. You know, how old are they? Uh, uh, Sophie is like 13 or 14, I guess. I see. Uh -huh. And then Theodore's. Eight or nine. So do they cuss? Yeah, they don't do not, it. But they don't do it nearly as much not, as their parents, though. Not supposed to cuss outside the house. Yeah, not allowed to cuss. They can say whatever they want, just like Derek when he grew up. Say whatever you want inside the house. I see. You know, get your yayas out, and then understand that when you're out there in the in public, different rules apply. You know. That's uh, a, that seems, seems like a good. Yeah, it totally demystifies it, you know. They don't yeah. think it's cool or whatever. They listen, and listen to their parents. Do, like. Right, okay. Uh, Interesting. And I'll tell you, those kids, because I was, you know, cross-examining Derek on the Ukrainian situation. And then we talked about, you know, because Derek and I hadn't really caught up on, like, we talked a little bit about, you know, he had a front row seat for January 6th, and the insurrection, you know, and the... And had to be in Washington for four years of the Trump administration. And so, like, we talked about all this stuff. And his kids sat there and fully participated in the conversation. And even the eight-year-old was, like, asking intelligent questions to, like, for parts that he didn't understand. Like, oh, why did you say that? You know, why do you feel that way about this? And uh, they, uh, those are no surprise. Uh, like, Amy and Derek are two of the sharpest people I know. Those, those kids yeah. are... Those kids are going to be uh, really something. It's good for smart people to have kids. Theodore has grown his hair almost down to his his belt, wow. his waist, basically. Okay. And apparently, both grandmas have put together a bribe pool, which is now up to one hundred and sixty five dollars. If he'll cut his hair, yeah. If he would cut his hair, he's holding. That's extraordinary. I mean, an eight year old. When I was eight years old, $165 may as well, may as well have been a million dollars. Maybe it's just not the same today. And maybe, yeah. maybe he has everything he needs. Also, I think eight-year-old theater is much smarter than eight-year-old Shakespeare. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Like are you feeling some... I see you rubbing your eyes. Are you feeling some allergies coming on? Because I definitely am. No. Yeah. No, I think I'm just... Uh, I woke up like extra early today. Yeah. You're just tired. <clears throat> Um, I don't know. I just like woke up 
and then I couldn't go back to sleep. Well, and then hopefully nobody minds. Then this. I you got to be turning into the Schaefer hour. <laughs> and then no, I'm so glad that it is the Schaefer hour. Uh, I uh, woke up, did some yoga before I made breakfast for everybody. Every time you say that, I'm like, I gotta do more yoga. Dude, yoga is the best, especially if you've had a certain amount of tightness in your hips your whole life. Which, <laughs> well, I'm a little different. I've always been very flexible, you know, and I did a lot of dance classes and stuff. And, okay. uh, but I am not anymore. And when I stretch now, it feels so good. Yeah, feels so good. I'm I'm so. Uh, and then I just sleep. I'm in. addicted to yoga. Like honestly, I, I'd I would have a trouble going back to life without it. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I need to get there. I need to get to that point. I mean, it's it's like anything. It's that they call it a practice because you yeah. gotta set up what works for you and, and just do it. And there are days where you're like, uh, I don't want to do this. But you know that if you don't do it, you're going to feel like garbage. I am such a that way, too. Like, if I can get myself set that way, then it takes a train to derail whatever it is that I'm doing. Whether it's a fun party thing or a not fun. Or one of those addictions <laughs> from the last episode. Yeah, you got it. Like Little League or Menthol. <laughs> or the Big League Chew. Um, Did you ever chew the big league chew? Um, yeah, yeah, I had some big league chew. I feel like I was. I always thought big league chew seemed really cool. I guess because it looked like tobacco tobacco, tobacco product. It looked like, but chalk. it was really inferior gum. Um, I feel like I remember it like loses its flavor fast. Loses its flavor fast. It didn't have the best texture either. I really liked the grape. Okay. I like, yeah. I love any kind of grape flavor. Like, yeah. Like grape bubblicious or. Yeah. The grape was really good. I didn't care for the other two. Fla- there was like a, Maybe a, there was like a, a bubble gum and a, a strawberry. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, that is funny, though, that it looked like a tobacco product. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was also, I mean, you know, we used to have things like. Um, they candy had, cigarettes. And they had candy snuff, too. <laughs> Is that right? I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. Okay. I thought you were going to ask me about chewing tobacco. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, Can I tell you a story about chewing tobacco? Sure. Uh, in 11th grade, we did... I, I think I did, like, my junior thesis on The Grapes of Wrath. And... The main character is Tom Joad, <laughs> and he has a plug of tobacco. Uh-huh, yeah. So I wondered what that was, and I'd had some dip and maybe a little bit of chewing tobacco, not much. Chewing tobacco is gross. A like, plug is like tobacco jerky, right? <laughs> I mean, a plug is like the chewing tobacco, but just like compacted into yeah, one like hyper little, dehydrated. little brick. Where you just like break it off, yeah. And I went, I went. They had at least at that time they had a what's a chewing tobacco brand, Redman or something. Yeah. Redman had a plug you could go, you could buy. And I went, I got myself a plug of tobacco. It was like a little brown. It looked like a brownie, right? Yeah, it was yeah. It yeah. did look like a brownie. Uh, a long, I never kind of a long skinny brown. I experimented with everything. I never experimented with that. Did you ever use the snuff that you could get? Yeah, 
for sure. That you was, could get that at like the pipe yeah. store at the, or at the mall. Or in Lubbock, you could get it at United because oh, like the farmers still. You're talking about the tobacco that you inhale from yeah. house. You get yeah. it, it, United Supermarkets in Lubbock when I was a kid. You could get like a fucking pint sized jar of Honest John Scotch snuff. Huh. And I can only imagine like those old farmers out there just railing that. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's it. And what that's they're a doing pretty serious drug, like. you know. <laughs> like to to take nicotine in through your nasal passages. Yeah. Um and I yeah, I I did have some of that when I was a kid and realized that that was not the way to go. Our college roommate Bob eschewed any sort of illegal substance, mm-hmm. but he would always come party with us all the time. Mm-hmm. Also usually he was the designated driver. So he latched on to anything that was legal because his girlfriend had strictly forbidden him. She was back home. She hadn't graduated high school with. She had told him not to do any, not to do any, you know, whatever when he was in college. And he was very serious. He was a very good person, very upstanding individual. And so he would, and so he took the letter of that, but, but anything legal. So he was always very interested. So, he got his hands on some big thing of Honest John Scotch stuff. And I remember once we were at a party up, at, up in Waco with a bunch of, like, like bikers and, like, uh, like really weird kids. Uh, we ended up there, you know, it was when Jameson was going to McLennan. Uh-huh. And there were all these kind of, like, crossovers. It's like the McLennan kids would hang out with other, you know, sort of kids. And, like, Waco just being the place that it is. There'd be weird people showing up all the time. And I remember once, you know, it was like this whole house full of just people on LSD and Bob walking through there and he always looked like a boy scout and he like survey the room, like take his snuff out of his <laughs> pocket and like he had a, he had a big folding knife that he could do. And then like those people being like, what? <laughs> like their eyes got huge. These like, like whack, wackadoodle stone bikers like. What are you doing? You know, he was just jacked on snuff. He was huh? like, he was like, just a little snuff. And he, he's like, we look over and he's like, getting them all and doing all these like bikers doing blasts of snuff off. <laughs> Seems dangerous. <laughs> it was a riot. Everybody had a good old time. Uh, Big League Chew. Snuff. All right, that was that was a good tangent. <laughs> that wasn't even on the show sheet. Schiffer and I are casting. <laughs> Here on the the last cool night on Earth. Yeah, uh, it feels so nice. But three digits next week, guys. Three digit highs. Although, you know, Matthew, they've been predicting those three digit highs for a while, and they keep getting pushed back. So maybe the maybe they'll happen. I'm not scared of the heat. Oh, I am. Well, I used to be, but. I think my body's just I need to uh, just slowing down. I can just get rid of some of this natural insulation that I have. I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. What else is on that show sheet of ours? Well, Schaefer, I needed you to school me on what is happening with Dolly in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What is going on with that? So what I've heard, the reason I thought we should cover this is because they've covered it on both TBTL and uh, yeah, dude. So we might as well make it a clean sweep trifecta. <laughs> Cover it here too. Yeah. For uh, 
<laughs> folks like Ellen Ferguson and Adam Wentworth who listen to all three shows. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, they've tried, this is the second time they've tried to put, tried to put Dolly Parton into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The first time they did it, they voted her in, and she said, no, she said, there's people who wave, they're like, all right, because they're like, nine to five is the big reason, you know, nine to five is a great pop rock song. I, I've been kind of wanting to do nine to five at my next karaoke sesh. All right. Yeah, great song, great yeah. song. Don't get me wrong. Well, but one song, you know, Dolly Parton is very much a country musician. Right. right. And she, you know. And Matthew, did you know that Thin Lizzy is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What? Yeah. MC5 is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. When you look at the list of... Can I get a, a, a yes. Gatorade? When you look at the list, MC5, Judas Priest, I believe, is still not in it. What? Not in Rock... Artist not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Here we go. This is gonna Motorhead, Pixies, Devo, Jethro Tull, Iron Maiden. All right, here we go. Wait, so this was Dolly's point? Is she was like Yeah, she's like, all right, whatever guys, but uh there's just there are other people who pointed out Huh. Why, don't, why don't you take care of them before you go? Okay. Go bringing me in for whatever reason they're doing it, which I, and well, so it immediately makes me think that it's some kind of rigged political popularity contest. I don't based I don't, on what? Yeah, maybe they maybe they think they can make some money if they they have a big dolly exhibit at their at their uh, museum or something. Okay. I don't know. Okay. There's, now we're getting. Now we're cutting to the quick. You do got to follow the money trail in any of these situations. Oh yeah. But uh, and you know maybe there's reasons why maybe Lemmy pissed somebody off, and that's why Motorhead's not in the or something like that. I don't know. There's probably stories behind like, all of I these. I have zero point zero idea of what's the criteria for Pat Benatar Judas get, Priest for setting a putting a group in Joe Cocker is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame okay Mott the Hoople Motorhead Dave okay Mack. well I mean Mott the Hoople yeah I, I mean I think that's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame holding up <laughs> you know Warren Zevon by not letting them in. Warren Zevon hold on Soundgarden hmm. who like I don't know is it I've never Never been a huge. Wait, are you about to besmirch Soundgarden? I like Soundgarden just fine, but they never grabbed me in the way that they seem to grab some other people. I like Soundgarden. And then apparently Ozzy Osbourne is not in as a solo act. He's been inducted with Black Sabbath, but not. So that's their number one overlook. But to me, Thin Lizzy, who's not even on this list, that's a huge one. Right now, I feel like my world is crumbling. Like, what I thought I knew about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I... I, I was wrong. Like, I thought that they were bringing in all of the actual Hall of Famers. But it seems like maybe there's a lot of work to do, or that there's just been a lot of major oversights. And once again, thank Dolly for bringing it to everybody's attention. Devo... 
the Smiths. I mean, some of these. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this one puts Kraftwerk as the number one omission from which they were hugely influential. Yeah, but is that rock and roll, Kraftwerk? Well, yeah, I would say so. And they influenced all of the 80s rock that you heard. Okay. You know? Okay. Uh, that seems more electronica. Like, Kraftwerk is the godfather of electronica to me. One of the one of the founders of electronica. I think, you know, people rock. like, you know, there's pop, electric rock. Yeah, but it's synth okay. rock. Yeah. Okay. All right. But it is rock. Okay. Um... I think. Now, so to continue with the Dolly Parton story, this year they voted her in again. Oh. And uh, and so she was like, well, all right, I guess I'll take it. If you're going to keep doing this, then I guess why why not accept it? So. What do you think the... What do you think the process is by which they... Okay. By, so by which Dolly turns it down. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> how does she, probably an email? <laughs> just an email. You think just she, but her, her think people she, call their people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, and this is like a lot of you know, a lot of people who who are in there. You know, like I think Aretha Franklin's in there because she's and it's it's all about being a crossover. You know, I see. You crossover from. R&B or gospel to pop music or crossover from country to pop music. And you end up like, yeah, then you have your, your Linda Ronstadt should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, even though she's more of a country musician. I assume she's in there. But yeah, this is arguing, you know, like Patsy Cline, great crossover artist. Um, all of these folks before... But what I wanted to know is what Duran Duran is not in the, which I'm, you know, there once again, I'm not super crazy about the Ted Kennedys. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a situation where you just can't let everybody in, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess not. <sighs> Uh, but I think everybody who has achieved a certain success in rock and roll probably deserves to be in there. You're definitely not going to not let somebody in because you don't think that they make the best rock and roll. Do you think there's an aspect of just like how many records you sold or is there some, is there some, uh, criteria is not the word. Is there some metric by which you're even considered? Like you have a gold record? Yeah, no. I, so this is what I've kind of been trying to, while we're having this conversation, I've been kind of trying to look it up. If anybody knows more about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame than me and Schaefer, which might be everybody, um, get at us. Feedback, onemagicalhour.com. And... If anybody, while we're asking for feedback from you guys, if anybody knows why we had a massive spike in our downloads on April 18th of this month, of last month. Uh, Did somebody tell all your friends somebody on April 17th? Must have, that good somebody must have tweeted about us or Instagrammed about us. We had, that was, you know, 
yeah, that was our hands that we had like uh, 10 times as many downloads as usual. And the most ever in one day, even when we were like blowing up the India charts. So, well, really curious. I can't seem to, maybe I can go back in there and see what was downloaded, which would tell us. What's a little bit upsetting is that you would think if somebody tweeted about us and we got a bunch of hits, that it would kind of slowly peter off as people became. (laughs) But what happened was a bunch of people hit us and and nobody came back for a second episode. You know what? If somebody tweeted about us, it should show up on my Google. I have a Google alert set up for One Magical Hour. I mean, unless they called it OMH. That's why you... Or called it Matthew and Schaefer's podcast. By the GM. I don't know. Okay, musicians become eligible for induction into the Hall of Fame 25 years after the release of their first recording. Oh. Okay, so there's one. There's one metric. The foundation... Let's see here. The foundation's nominating committee, made up of rock historians, selects nominees each year in the performer category, who are then voted upon by an international body of some 500 rock experts. Those nominees with the highest vote total and more than 50% of the total vote are inducted. Five to seven performers chosen each year. Okay. So there you have it. It is a popularity contest, though. Yeah. You gotta get the committee to interested in you. And I would imagine, like, you know, there's people out there who <coughs> really kind of lobby for it, and the other people who don't. Yeah. Maybe, uh... And I'm sure that, like, you know, maybe some, like, bad decisions could, you know, besmirch your name and cause you to be, a, a you know, maybe a canceled, as it were. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's why they want Dolly in, because everybody loves Dolly. But everybody loves her because she's for the little man. Like, I mean, those that haven't made it. Who doesn't love Dolly? Like, as far as I can, like, give her every award. Yeah. Give her the Nobel Prize. Give her the Lincoln Center Award. Give her, (laughs) give her a Pulitzer. Did they really (laughs) need her consent to put her in the Rock Hall of Fame? I guess, you know, maybe it's just a matter of respect. Being like, okay. nah, sure. no thanks, guys. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they can do it posthumously. God forbid. You want to, you want an avocado review of the movie Moonfall? Yeah, I want, I want to hear about the worst, <laughs> the worst movie you've ever seen. Uh, you know, you know me, Matthew. We've met. You know I watch every I not, sci-fi movie ever made. Not carnally, but... Uh, oh, every sci-fi movie ever made? You know I've read... Hundreds and hundreds of sci-fi novels. I know about your Ursula K. Le Guin tattoo. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a listening public. I don't have one of those. Yet. Yeah. Uh, you know I love sci-fi. I do. And... Uh, this movie Moonfall, like Roland Emmerich, master of the disaster film. Uh-huh. Uh, he did uh, The Day After Tomorrow? Yeah. I love that film. That one was pretty good, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, Armageddon? Probably. No, Armageddon was no. Michael Bay. I yeah, think. you're right. Um, 
or Jerry, or whatever. Who the other guy, Jerry? You vamp. I'll look up Roland Emmerich and, uh, and uh, his his disaster so movies. This new movie, Moonfall, is the moon. Oh, this is a new movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. The moon's orbit is deteriorating, and so this this kind of crosses paths with this really awesome book that I read uh, by that guy. Uh, oh, Independence Day. Oh, he did do it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Stargate and Godzilla. The day after tomorrow. That's a good one. Uh huh. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I sh- go I on. I should have taken notes for the exact plot of this movie because it you, is confusing. Did you know he did a TV movie in 1980 called Alto Sex? That, no that might be the second worst movie. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Starring. There's like starring nobody you've ever heard. <laughs> Uh, okay, go on. Sorry to. Uh, did this did, did this movie go straight to stream? Was no, it a streaming I movie? Think it was. I watched it on Amazon. I rented it. Oh, okay. Um, did you? But have, it was briefly wait, in the theaters. When you rented it, did you have high hopes? Did you think this was going to be a good movie? No, not necessarily. No, you thought it could be it. But it I was a disaster watch, of a disaster movie. I wanted to watch a sci-fi disaster movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I, but it was it was like a sci it made for sci-fi. You know those movies like Sharknado and stuff? It was just one step above that. Okay. Like it's like particularly when it came to the script, mm. it was just it was and yeah, so the moon's orbit is deteriorating. At one point, basically, it looked like the moon was about to scrape the Earth. Oh. It was like the physics, the astrophysics involved <laughs> were extremely suspect. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just, there's one guy who's, who plays a kid, and at first I was like, is his character supposed to be deaf? Why is he talking like that? It was so bizarre. His acting performance was just so terrible. At first I thought he was playing a deaf person, but he wasn't. And actually, as the movie went on, he got just slightly better at acting. Wow. <laughs> and so, like, obviously, after, like, two weeks of a little bit of instruction, uh, I mean, like, yeah. like, I don't know if they just found him on the street or something. Like, he's a terrible actor. Or maybe he was just making, like, some weird character decision, and they told him, yeah, yeah don't do that anymore. Uh. <laughs> it's hard to say. That movie, gosh. It was really bad. You know, but I feel like it was bad in the right ways. Like, was that anything like "Don't Look Up"? Like, no. I mean, no, because "Don't mean, Look Up" had some brilliant acting in it, and but, some. But the quite... earth, but the earth crash. The premise. Oh, the earth crashing. I mean, the moon. <clears throat> the moon crashing into the earth is no the end of the earth. Right? I. I was avoiding some spoilers. Oh, I okay. Which, I don't know, should I do that? <laughs> I don't think anyone is. Um, so let me see if I can get this straight. Humans are actually billions of years old. And from another planet. Um, Wait, this is the plot? Yes. <laughs> this is why the moon's falling apart. The, it's, Wait, uh, so I'll get there. I'll do, okay. I'll do the best I can. Uh, okay. Humans are actually... Billions of years old, and they're from another planet. They 
had a lovely planet where they solved, they, they had no problems with war or anything until they created an AI to help them run and manage their planet. And the, the AI turned against them. Ah. War with the AI. Humanity built a bunch of moons, which are basically giant spaceships, <laughs> to send themselves off to all of the possibly... They sent, they sent a bunch of different pieces of humanity, cross-sections of humanity, every different direction, to try to find habitable planets and terraform them. Oh. Did they send all the shitheads here? Well, that's, I don't know. They never suggest, actually. That's, that's funny. Um, but they did get the AI attacked them all as they were leaving and destroyed all of them except for the moon ship that made it to Earth. And so these aliens are up there in the moon ship and they terraform Earth. And then come down to Earth, and then leave the moon ship up there. So the so the moon is artificial, and the people who say that the moon is hollow are correct. That's why when <laughs> when uh, you know what's his name hammered the flag in whoever it was Neil Armstrong or whatever hammered the flag in to the moon, it gonged for six hours. Did you know this? Apparently that happened. So. Because it's hollow, because it's just the protective outer shell of a giant spaceship. Wait, that's what they said? Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's central to the plot of the movie. <laughs> now it gongs. Some of it. that like AI nano cloud has caught up to the the moon. Wow, this is convoluted. And that's why it's starting <laughs> to fall. And that's why, yeah. Oh wow. I won't give you away how they uh, how they solve the problem. See, that kind of makes me want to see it. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Now that I've told you, there's still. I mean, I've probably only described you about twenty five percent of the bananas narrative of this movie. No, I mean that's a lot. And wait, I uh, know there's there's there's, there's a lot more to discover. How long is this film? It's like two and a half hours, I guess. Two, okay. just a little okay. over two hours. They got time to flesh that all out. Uh, no, I mean, I would, I would, don't, don't. I hope you're not under the impression that they do a satisfactory job of all that. Uh, but yeah, when it all happens very quickly. When you say it, it sounds compelling. It has Halle Berry, oh. who's awesome, and it has Samuel Tarly, the uh, kid from Game of Thrones. Okay, you know the. The lovable sidekick up on the wall. I, um, you didn't see any Game of Thrones. That's all right. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was one of the biggest narrative letdowns of was it of they cinema. Could, they, of, they weren't able to wrap it up. Uh, of yeah, I watched the first season. Yeah, so much promise in the first season. It, it seemed know. awesome to me. Through about but, through about the first four seasons, and then the fifth season or so, I was like, why am I still watching this? And it's because everybody else was. Yeah. And by the end of it, everybody was just like me. Like, what What the hell did we just do? Well, I'm glad I didn't go down <laughs> that path. Which, it, that reminds me of Lost. Yeah. 
which and I you know stuck what? with till the bitter end. I've come back to this. I know I've said this a hundred times to everyone who's ever talked to me. That's because endings do not exist in the real world. Oh, yeah. Endings in the real world, nothing ends. Everything just keeps going. Like this so podcast. Any tiny, <laughs> any tidy little ending is by its very nature a false thing. Yep. And uh, shit. And that's just the way it is. We'll never get out of this world alive, unless yeah, unless it ends with like all of the characters dying, and then <laughs> somehow that really curbs my existential dread. <laughs> Good. <laughs> It really puts a chamfer on it. <laughs> okay, so I would have said, you know, probably. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Let's get a, let's get a raw. Probably immediately after watching it, here. I would have told you 1.5 on the cut. Yeah, but now that but you've having just it, having to talked me. to you about it, you know, <laughs> seeing your reaction to it, and then like, I had my own good chuckle about it. I'd, let's pump it up to like five avocados. Okay. Well, here's what I'm. Not gonna do. I'm not gonna rent it from Amazon. Yeah, but no, it'll if probably. if if it's ever if I'm at a relative's house and it's on cable, I, I think I'm gonna go for you it. You know what I had a lot in common with is another of my favorite bizarre sci-fi disaster movies, The Core. The Core that, is that where that the Earth's core is? Yeah, the Earth's core expanding. Your core, no, the Earth's core stops rotating. Oh, so they have to build a little machine tank that drills down and they drill down inside the earth's core and set off some nukes to start Wait, it. What is this movie from Roland Emmerich? That is another end of the world disaster movie. We'll just wait through this. And I know I've seen that one. But I, can't, I can't remember ad. one thing about it. You've seen this movie. I'm pretty sure. I've okay. Well, we're going to subject the listener to the trailer at this time. Turns out I'm a big Roland Emmerich fan. I think I am too. So there's the Columbia Pictures, Mankind's Earliest Civilization. Warned us. This day would come. Oh, this was all about the Mayan calendar yeah, thing. Mayan calendar, which predicts the end of time to occur on the 21st of yeah, December of this year. I think they built giant art. This year, this uh, year you know, I, I... What are the odds? <laughs> oh, right. John Cusack's in this one. Right. Oh, this is, this is like the super volcano. Right. I love a good disaster movie. Yeah, okay. Roland Emmerich is the king of like everything falling apart. Like that. everything's falling apart. Oh, in in Moonfall, there's a there's a piece of the moon that hits New York City, and it goes right through my office in Standard and Poor's. Oh, I was man. like that one went right through oh. where I used to work. All right, we we got to stop this. This makes for really poor imaginary radio. Just watching. It's making me want to watch that movie again. I, I feel like I saw this movie. I'm pretty sure I did. Was it called 2012? Yeah. So when do we let the people know? They're building arcs. Mm, all the flat. Oh, yeah, they build the arcs, and then there's arguments about who gets to go on the arcs. Right. I think, I think I've seen this dramatic scene where people are jumping across trying to catch the Is that Chiwetel for? Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Well, I can't stop it now. <laughs> I can't stop it now. The end. Halfway through this trailer? Is just the beginning. I, I definitely saw this movie, and it's amazing how I really forgot it. Boy. You had two. You yeah. were like, what was this about? Now that I'm seeing the images, I saw it. There's something about seeing it on my laptop that's not as impactful as seeing it before a movie. Giant tidal wave flipping over an aircraft carrier on the shore. So, aircraft carrier lands on the White House. Aircraft carrier lands on the White House, yeah. But, that it, but it comes back to family, and it's John Cusack and his family. Well, all right. I look. Everybody, I look forward to when this finally does happen. Let's watch 2012 and everybody get back. Well, here's to Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich Film Festival. Should we do a Roland Emmerich Film Festival just right at, here at the end of time? <laughs> look, do you have a poem for us? Let's get out of here. <laughs> I can do the caveman thing really what quick. What are we doing? No, this is going to be a. Candidate for the worst episode ever. <laughs> yeah, do the caveman. What's the caveman thing? Talk to me about caveman. Caveman thing goes back to TBTL. Uh, Andrew was talking about. Uh, Andrew was using Google Earth uh, on TBTL and laughing about how, like, you know, he sees himself passed out in front of his house or something. <laughs> no, just that, like, how, like, you know, they're going to be kids who haven't been born yet. You're going to think it's really quaint how cool. He finds Google Earth, you know, because uh-huh. uh, it is just an amazing thing when you start messing around with it. Yeah, absolutely. and then that got me thinking about the other way. I was laughing in my head. I was, uh, I was imagining cavemen, and you know, like you just imagine like two like cavemen podcasters or whatever, uh, two cavemen Matthew and caveman Schaefer, like sitting by the fire. Like we've got our, uh, we've got our, you know, uh, antelope or whatever. That we've speared, you know, we're cooking it over the fire, uh-huh. and, and just be like, be like, man, how do you, how did they used to do this without spears and fire? You know, I'm like, can you imagine? Like our grandfather didn't even have a spear; he didn't have fire. <laughs> how did he even survive? <laughs> okay, that put, that sort of puts things in perspective. <laughs> At this moment. This spear. This <laughs> technology. It was just the next Maybe. it was just the next level. Maybe I'll write a poem about that. That's funny because I you know, I got the iPhone twelve for my birthday. And uh did we even talk about my birthday? Oh yeah, we did. And uh Happy birthday once again. Yes, I think you know, we you, talked about it at the top of the show, yeah. You know, I've I've this is only my second smartphone my life oh wow i had an iphone 6 i had a flip i was reluctant for a long time i had a flip phone and then i was learning how to do web design and i was shamed i was outed and shamed by my web design teacher and then so i got a smartphone and i kept that bad boy for six years and it was actually still working. It was just like, it's not 5G. And so things yeah. were sort of going haywire on it. And I like this. I got the iPhone 12 mini. It's got the really nice Small. camera on it. I'm jealous of your camera. This? Okay. I haven't even taken a picture yet. I'm excited. 
This is a 10. I've had this for like five years now. Okay. Yeah. Which I'm proud of. And I'd like yeah. to keep it that way. But yeah. Like um, that, the, what they get you with is the camera quality. Like they, they the camera so quality much. is unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, I guess that's just like the spear and, and, and fire thing. Like I'm just swiping up. I don't have a home button. How did they even get an antelope how, without a spear? How did they do it? Without an atlatl. How that, do that was a reference for dad, reference to the atlatl. So you don't have a poem? No, I do have a poem. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I just I just typed Ada Lamone poems and read, read an Ada Lamone poem in a while. And of course, like the first one that came up is just perfect for, exactly perfect for the show. Flood coming. The pulled apart world scatters its bad news like a brush fire. The ink bleeds out the day's undoing, and here we are again, alive. The tributary of this riverine dark widens into the mind's brief break. Let the flood come. The rowdy water beasts are knocking now and now. What's left of the woods is closing in. Don't run. Open your mouth big to the rising, and hope to your God, your good heart knows how to swim. That was like a Roland Emmerich poem. Roland Emmerich poem. She was in a real, (laughs) everything gets destroyed kind of Great, great poem, Ada. Well. I hope you had a fun birthday podcast. Oh, it's been delightful. (laughs) Just. I had a good time. I haven't really just cut loose and run my mouth in a while. I feel like. Thank God you were in the mood. <laughs> I mean, we're really working together here. <laughs> there's plenty of times where you're like, oh, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm here, and I'm I'm shot out of a cannon. I am yeah. not shot out of a cannon tonight. I am struggling. My birthday makes me moody. And, yeah. I was talking with uh, Miss Ellen Ferguson about coming on the show to talk about talk about the '60s. And she's real hesitant, but I think maybe we could keep working on her. But she said specifically, she's like, I want the Jason Edler show. So, Jason, we got to work out a time. Super fan Ellen Ferguson has requested it. We'll uh, work around your schedule, get you on here. Uh, also, look forward as we get up to around the 150 mark. We're also excited. Uh, our friend Annie's going to come on the show. Uh, Grover's wife, you guys remember Grover. We're looking forward to talking to her. And uh, our old buddy, Kevin Alejandro, who is uh, the famous Hollywood actor and director, uh, will be joining us. Right, That'll probably be our 150th episode, I would think. So got that to look forward to, folks. Uh, get at us. Let us know how you're doing. We love you and we miss you. And we, uh, we greatly value each and every one of you. Uh, and uh, remember, pour the choices. The sweeter the wine. Yeah.